Hello and welcome back to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm your host, Michael Martin, and I'm joined by my Thunder Buddy on this grand Friday morning. We got some rain last night. Joe Masato. Joe, how are you doing? Doing good, Michael. Happy Friday to you. Always, uh, always good to be back on the Thunder Buddies. Well, we got some good news. Um, you were you there for that in person for the press conference for the new maps discussion where uh, Mayor David Holt kind of addressed everyone. I was not there. Um, we we uh, had reporters from the Oklahoma in there. I was watching the live stream um, of David Holt's. It was the state of the city address. It's put on by the Chamber of Commerce. And I was watching it because this same time last year during the same address is when David Holt uh, called for the need for a, a new arena in downtown Oklahoma City. So going into this speech, I thought, you know, we're probably going to hear more of the same. And boy, did we. He spent probably the last 30 minutes of an hour-long speech um, basically campaigning uh, for the need for a new arena in downtown Oklahoma City, uh, kind of is- issuing an ultimatum of sorts, like, hey, we're the third smallest market in the NBA. There are 18 other U.S. cities bigger than ours that can build newer and nicer arenas. Um, so basically like a, a warning shot. But um, I think things are trending positively and uh, we can get into some of the specifics, but that's the overview of what we heard. Yeah, uh, that's great news. I mean, the Paycom Center, originally the Ford Center, was built in 2002, six years before the team relocated from Seattle to Oklahoma City. What was the first thing, what was the first event that you went to in that building? Now, that is a really good question. Um, The first thing I went to in that building, you know what, Michael? It was probably, did you ever go to like professional bull riding? It, I was going to say it was either um, that or like Disney on ice. Yeah, I, I think I went to like a PBR event, uh, which used to come downtown. So that's probably what it was. It certainly wasn't a basketball game. I, I mean, um, uh, obviously the Hornets were there before the Thunder played there. But but yeah, probably something random like that. Well, the best news that most people in Oklahoma and Oklahoma City uh, got from this is that it wouldn't be a tax increase necessarily to build a new arena and that um, a significant financial contribution would come from Thunder ownership led by Chairman Clay Bennett. Yeah, that the biggest news out of yesterday and not there was not uproar last year, but every time uh, a city calls for the need for a new stadium, it's all about, OK, how is this going to be funded? And obviously there are things that that you might feel like are better to spend tax dollars on than than funding a new arena. Um, but the big news yesterday for Mayor Holt is that they could extend the MAPS 4 tax, uh, not raise taxes whatsoever, and, and that would fund this new arena, as well as a significant contribution from Thunder ownership, as you said, and that's, that's the key to me. Um, I, I don't believe that you can just rely on taxpayers to to fund a new arena. I think um, a vote on this is much, much more likely to pass if they see that uh, some of the richest people uh, in Oklahoma are also helping foot this bill. Um, I don't know the percentage amount that Thunder ownership is going to cover. Um, we'll see what significant means. That's sort of up for interpretation. Uh, and, and just to be clear on this, like... 
the Chase Center in San Francisco, that was the Warriors own that building. So Joe Lacob and company are just raking in the cash from that. That's not a city owned arena. The new arena that they're going to build in Philadelphia, that's going to be owned by the team as well, or the ownership group. Uh, that's not the case in Oklahoma City. The Thunder leases the arena um, from the city. So that is still going to be the case. But at the same time, the Thunder is the arena's biggest tenant. Uh, so therefore, um, the Thunder ownership is going to help uh, pay for this in some way. I'm I'm very interested to see what the breakdown is. We don't even have a, uh, a projected cost for this yet. Mayor Holt said that uh, plans will be uh, expected by the end of the summer. So coming up, I, I would assume just to give people a ballpark estimate, I think Chase Center was like 1.2 billion. It's not going to be that expensive. Um, a more reasonable number like Milwaukee's Pfizer Forum just built in the last couple of years. It's 524 million. Um, I know I've seen some projections out there that uh, 1 billion is the number. I think that's a little high. Um, but I don't know for sure. I, I think it'll be somewhere between, you know, 500 million and a billion dollars. It's a lot of money, more than I can really uh, comprehend right now. But it's yeah, it's exciting. Just a bunch of zeros. What's it mean to us? Exactly. But with them being the primary tenants, hopefully, well, I would assume that they'll have some say in how the arena is built, where it's more NBA centric. Obviously, you don't want to just have it where it's just an NBA arena and you can't host other events. But I think that might be nice for fans also if they're building it with the vision in mind this is mostly for the thunder yeah and that's that's the whole deal right the the ford center as it was once known um was built six years before the thunder arrived so it was built maybe with aspirations that one day the thunder could land an nhl team or maybe even an nba team but it was not built to like specifications of an nba arena uh, I think there's only two arenas in the NBA, uh, the Thunders and the Pelicans, that were built before a team actually arrived in that city. So then you have to retrofit it. Um, listen, it's it's not a terribly old arena, 21 years old, um, but it is well behind the standard of a lot of NBA arenas. And I think part of that is because it was built uh, without being an NBA arena. So that's a that's a really key point here. So. I assume the Thunder is going to have some sort of say on what this arena will will look like, some of the specifications perhaps. Um, don't know exactly what that'll be, but yeah, I mean, Mayor Holt talked about attracting bigger concerts and all these other events, and that's all fine and well. It's very important, um, but this is primarily going to be built for the Thunder and Holt is calling for it to be built because of the Thunder. He talked about the financial impact the Thunder has had on the city, what it means to be a big league city, um, kind of correlating some of the population growth in Oklahoma City to the arrival of the Thunder. So that's why it's so important to the city. It's not because he's a huge basketball fan, which he happens to be. It's because of how much the Thunder means to Oklahoma City. Yeah, Holt also said the architectural ambitions of this new arena will exceed anything our residents have ever experienced. Remember the pride you felt seeing the convention center or the Scissor Tail Park for the first time? This arena will meet that standard. And finally, people will stand outside of our arena and marvel, which I think is a very uh, nice way to put it. But something I wanted you to remember hit on. remember standing in front of the new convention center and marveling? I was like three years old, maybe. I don't know. I was, <laughs> no. I was just... 
No, the the new one they just built. Oh, the Omni, not the. Uh, okay, I, I, I was thinking of like Omni. the Cox Convention Center now, yes. Prairie Surf, and I was like, yeah, Joe, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't have a ton of memories of a, formerly the uh, Myriad. Exactly, but um, one thing I wanted to hit on that you mentioned is just the growth of the city, and two of uh, both of us being from Oklahoma and being around this area, I just wanted to bring some context for people who aren't. Like there wasn't a lot of reason to go to the city before the thunder were here and a lot of the things going on. Like I don't remember as a kid venturing up to Bricktown that often, but now just like the uh, culinary scene and all these restaurants and hotels and like houses have kind of blown up. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. Like downtown has really flourished. Um, I, I doubt you could attribute it all to the thunder, but I think that has a major effect because if you're bringing in you know, the, the arena holds around 18,000, let's just say 15,000 people, you know, two or three nights a week on some weeks, they're going to come over from all over the state. They're going to eat at those restaurants. They're going to go, uh, maybe have a drink after the game. They're gonna, you know, maybe get there early and and walk around the city. So I, I, I think that's one of the big reasons why that area in particular has grown up so much. Um, scissor tail park built right next to the arena, the new Omni hotel, the new convention center. Um, there's a lot more hotels and restaurants downtown in, in close proximity. So that is why this is all a big thing. And yes, all of this is still true, even with an outdated arena. Um, but at the same time, this is like the arms race, like it or not, this is what it takes to keep an NBA team. Seattle is a very cautionary tale, not approving a new arena. Um, I don't think it's some guarantee or even close to that, that, you know, if this thing doesn't pass, that the Thunder is going to move. I I don't think that's true, but you don't even want to like open yourself to the possibility of that or give, um, you know, the team an an excuse to look elsewhere. I mean, it's not going to happen. This is a Oklahoma based ownership group. So I just, don't anticipate that at all um but at the same time you want to you want to do everything you can to to keep them here yeah don't take any steps in the wrong direction even if it's unlikely just why push it in that way but yeah i'm i'm very excited to see what's going on and i like what they're doing within the city uh just in terms of like it reminds me of like a college football town where the um stadium is like the center of campus and it feels like the Thunder and Oklahoma City and Mayor Holt are kind of like doing that, like you mentioned with Scissor Tail Park and a lot of the things going on where it's not like certain NBA arenas where it's like, yeah, we're the Utah Jazz and it's like, uh, or Salt Lake City. And it's like, well, is the arena in Salt Lake City? It's like, no, it's like two towns over or wherever. I'm just throwing that out there. It's not even probably true, but you know what I'm talking about. There are certain teams like that. Yeah, yeah. And the NBA has largely gone away from that, but there are still still a few outliers like San Antonio, they're looking at building a new arena. Um, I did an arena ranking last year. I had the Paycom Center 27th ahead of only Smoothie King Center in New Orleans and AT&T Center in San Antonio. Part of why I ranked San Antonio so low is just for selfish reasons. Um, You know, when you're traveling, covering these games, you usually stay downtown. And I walk to basically every single game because it's so convenient. And like you said, these arenas are kind of a focal point of downtown san antonio's is out of the way away from downtown kind of off by itself so teams have gone away from that philadelphia it's kind of built in this sports complex with 
the Eagle Stadium and the Philly Stadium kind of all sharing the same parking lot, similar to, you know, Arrowhead and Kauffman in Kansas City. Chicago is another one. Uh, you can see downtown, but it would be one heck of a walk to to get to the United Center from downtown Chicago. So those are a few outliers. Um, of course, the Thunders Arena is already downtown. It is going to certainly stay downtown. Uh you mentioned Prairie Surf Studios, formerly the Cox Convention Center, formerly the Myriad. Uh, that is by far the most likely location. So the building just north of the arena. So it's actually moving even more inward into downtown. Um, the city already owns that land. Prairie Surf is leasing it from the city. Um, so the city doesn't have to worry about kind of acquiring new land for an arena to be built. So um, we're talking about all this. The proposal is not even here yet. The vote, you know, taxpayer vote would come by the end of the year, Holt said. So you're you're still looking at, you know, I don't even want to put a number of years because I don't know, but several years away from a new arena actually being built. Yeah, these things take a very long time because, first of all, you're going to have to get this vote across. Then you're going to have to demo um prairie surf what that is and then just rebuild from scratch because it's not like you're gonna build over the arena well that would be quite the gimmick if they decided to have a double decker arena just put one on top of the other that would be quite the spectacle to marvel at yeah there's also a parking garage under there so i don't know how that would work so seems like a seems like a lot of work um we'll we'll investigate into that but one thing i wanted to ask you about because you mentioned your ranking of the different arenas and if i'm just a normal person in oklahoma city i don't I've been to a couple of Thunder games and I'm not going all the time and I'm thinking about taxpayer money, even if it's not a big chunk and saying, I think, you know, Paycom's pretty nice. Like, what are, what am I missing here as someone who's going to a lot of these arenas? What's separating them not to trash on the Paycom Center, but what's separating them from the higher level NBA arenas that are like somewhat attainable? Like, obviously, you're not going to get to like the crypto arena or uh, Chase Center or anything like that, but just, you know, the um, standard of NBA arenas. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. And these are all like frivolous sort of things. Like they're not exactly needed to play basketball. Like the Paycom Center is a perfectly fine place for NBA games to be played. Um, But at the same time, this is just the way the NBA is. And I think that's what Holt is arguing. It's like, sure, it might be fine. But when you compare it to the rest of the league, it's not quite adequate. Um, So some of the things, first off, size. And that's not something that, you know, you're you're just eyeballing, but um, the Thunder is the Paycom Center is the smallest arena in the NBA by square footage. Um, a lot of that has to do with like Holt talked about some of the acts that that you can draw just like um, having bigger, not only like capacity but storage spaces and extra locker rooms and you know extra everything, wider concourses, everything that comes with that. So. Um, first off, the building is is quite small compared to its peers. Um, this is just an aesthetic thing for me, but I don't think Paycom Center is the most visually interesting looking building. And, you know, a lot of these new arenas, they kind of like Holt talked about, you want to look up at it and say like, whoa, and, you know, Paycom Center doesn't do that. So uh, I think getting, you know, a fresh exterior, having it creative, um, representing Oklahoma in some way is what Holt said. Um, inside the arena, one thing that sets it apart, they did a really good job like renovating the inside and especially the concourses. 
Um, but you go to some new arenas and the concourses are so extremely wide. Like, you know, there's thousands of people in this building, but it doesn't feel cramped. There's concessions galore. There's bathrooms, as Steve Ballmer likes to talk about. I was about. about to ask, how many bathrooms do they have in there? It was like... Yeah, so it's stuff like that. And then part of... Oh, one of the big things that I don't even see is like the suite areas. You know, I've I've been up there in the Thunder second level. Um, I haven't been to the suite areas in hardly any other arena, but I assume they have some catching up to do in that regard. Obviously, those are big money um, spots hosting not only, you know, wealthy individuals, but also companies and sponsors and everything like that. Um, what's interesting is the current Paycom Center is going to get a new video board put in, uh, which in hindsight kind of seems a little short-sighted. It's like, just why why worry about that right now? But um, the Thunder might have the smallest video board in the NBA. Portland is is pretty small as well. Um, so that's one of the, that's one of the things, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more that they could tell you as they've, you know, I I've been to these arenas, but, I'm in the media workroom. I'm in the dining room. I sit in my seat and go to the bathroom and, you know, walk along the concourse at halftime to, you know, just take a breath. But I'm not like, I'm not knowing the ins and outs specifics of why exactly it lags. It's just like the obvious things that I can see the other arenas have where I'm like, yeah, yeah you know, this one is, this one is a little nicer, you know, I might not be able to list every reason, but it's sort of like an eye test type thing. The, um, the line that we are measuring ourselves against, you got to get this to Mayor Holt, 1,160 toilets and urinals. That's the, that's the standard. That's what we need. We need at least 1,200. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see. As far as, I think the Thunder is looking at what the Clippers are building, although it's not going to come anywhere close to that price tag. I mean, uh, currently there are 29 NBA arenas because two share the same arena in Los Angeles. Um, But I don't think the Thunder is trying to compare itself to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, um, whatever this new Clippers arena is going to be called. The, the, The places I would look at, Milwaukee, the Pfizer Forum, small market, beautiful arena. Detroit is a bigger market than Oklahoma City, but kind of operates like a smaller market. Uh, Little Caesars Arena, gorgeous. Um, places, places like that. Sacramento, the the Golden One Center in Sacramento, is a is a wonderful new arena. Um, you, you know, another smaller market example the Thunder could look at. Or when I say the Thunder, I also mean the city. So, um, yeah, it's not going to compare to Chase Center or um, places like that. I mean, those places just have more money. But by Oklahoma standards, I think it's going to be very, very nice. And you mentioned renovations because some people would push back and just like, why not just keep renovating uh, the Paycom Center? It's like, but at some point, you just kind of run out of space to keep renovating Mm -hmm. and just the paper is completely covered in ink. So I think it's it's time to start over. And then some of these other teams that have gotten new arenas on the small market size, um, like Charlotte and Utah, not saying this is 
going to happen for the Thunder, but at least you open up yourself to a possibility. They both got all-star games like pretty recently. And I think that would be yeah. a huge thing. It would be. I think the Thunder still Oklahoma City is well behind in that yeah. race. And it's not even an arena thing. I, I think it's it's all about hotel rooms. There's some number of hotel rooms that the NBA requires. And last time we asked Mayor Holt about it, I mean, Oklahoma City was still kind of thousands of rooms behind that. So, um, but hey, maybe it could contribute to it. You build a new arena that attracts more, you know, buildings and businesses and restaurants and hotels around it. So may, maybe eventually, but that's still a long ways off, even with uh, a new arena. It's not like, you know, baseball where I don't feel like they care as much about market size. They usually try to go to like, if there's a new stadium being built, they'll try to showcase that stadium in an all-star game. That's not really how the NBA works. Um, but, you know, it's an interesting hypothetical down the road. Yeah, because I know Indiana's getting it this coming season. And I don't know. It, I don't know if it's like a bid or something like that, but it should be interesting. And then the Thunder, um, just with this new arena talk with Mayor Holt, came out as very, very supportive of um, what he put out there. Uh, what exactly did he say? Do you have that quote? Yeah, so so Dan Mahoney, Thunder VP of Broadcasting and Corporate Communications. Um, I don't have the statement right in front of me, but said that the, the Thunder commends uh, David Holt's push for this. I've got it right here, the Thunder is proud of our partnership with the city of Oklahoma City and our community over the past 15 years. We commend Mayor Holt for his leadership and vision and look forward to advancing the discussions for a new arena as a centerpiece of the downtown Oklahoma City of the future. So, obviously, the city and the Thunder are pretty tight. The city wants to keep the Thunder because what the Thunder does for the city, and obviously... The Thunder would love a new arena, but it's up to the city to approve this thing. So, yeah, they're they're both going to be in full support of each other behind this. Very nice. Well, hopefully uh, this new arena thing gets some traction, goes through fast. Um, I wonder if Paycom will retain the naming rights or if we'll get the Brahms Dome or something like that. I think that would be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um... That's another question. I, I I have no idea about about naming rights, but we will see. Did you see this breaking news? That I we did have on the Denver pick protections. So you want to get into that? Um, for sure. Let's see. Uh, the Denver. So, you got it. I'm just I'm just reading uh, John Ham's quote tweet of Real GM, updated to include details on the 2029 first round pick that Denver owes OKC, protected one through five in 2029 and 2030, else converts into a 20. 32nd round pick so um we had not had details yet on on that pick that denver sent the thunder but that is very good news i would say for the thunder those are very light protections who knows what the nuggets are doing in 2029 and 2030 if Jokic is even on the team but um when you've got a top five protection in back-to-back years i mean the Nuggets would have to be rock bottom of the NBA for that not to convert. As Zach Lowe has said before, by 2030, we'll even know if we will be alive. We'll be be covered in water. Will the flood start from everything warming up and stuff? But yeah, those are very... Perhaps robots will be competing in the National Basketball Association. I do not envy the person who has to (laughs) interview a robot after a game. 
How did it feel well, out that's there? Because okay, because robots will be interviewing the robots. Okay, they'll they'll be able to connect <laughs> on a different level. But yeah, how do you feel? I don't have any feelings. I'm a robot. But <laughs> yeah, that that stuff's very interesting. It is weird that it kind of came out that way, where it's on real GM and it just kind of like just slipped in there at the very the back end of yeah. things. No Woj tweet. No Thunder PR release. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a interesting because real gm does have a helpful database i have no idea how they get this information um but yeah good for them good for real gm shout out getting the scoop here we also got some new news about some other guys who are going to be joining the team usa select here and that looks like nas reed um peyton pritchard quentin grimes and trey murphy but the reason we're talking about that is because chet holmgren and Jalen Williams, J-Dub will also be uh, joining them to, uh, I guess, scrimmage against the senior team. And if there's any injuries, they could take one of those guys' spots. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool uh, that, that Chet and J-Dub are going to go out to Vegas where Team USA is training in advance of the World Cup, which will take place next month in the Philippines, Indonesia, and Japan. So basically how it works is there's uh 12 guys on team usa basically the senior national team and then there's 12 guys on this select team that will practice against team usa kind of train on their own as well like jamal mosley is going to coach the select team while steve kerr is the team usa head coach and from sham sharanya's reporting said that they that members of the select team could potentially travel to the world cup and be used as replacement players there's an injury or anything like that so um i i assume it's just good experience for these guys to be around you know other members of team usa you always hear stories about um guys bonding when they're playing for the national team or just learning um from other players and also a good step for both of those guys and and maybe making the senior team uh which they're not far off from. I mean, have you uh, have you seen who's on the senior yeah, team for the I've, World Cup? I've got the roster here for you. Uh, Paolo Bancaro, Mikhail Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis, and Austin Reeves. It's, a heck of, <laughs> it's like a very strange squad. So um, a lot of the big players, obviously not on that list. They won't play until the Olympics. Um, World Cup still a big deal, but not as high profile, which is why you see that team. But um, I mentioned like J Dub and, and Chet because we haven't seen Chet, but you know J Dub I feel like could be on that could be on that list. Yeah, if you're asking me, Cam Johnson or J Dub, but a lot of this World Cup stuff it does come down to it's like why is this guy? It's like well because he knows he's going to play a role on this team and he knows exactly what to do. Like some of those older ones where it's like. You didn't get Dwight Howard. You got Tyson Chandler. It's like, well, Tyson Chandler is not going to ask for a bunch of post ups. So, yes, that yeah. is what we're going to do. Bo- but Bobby Portis is going to be willing to do the dirty work on this squad. Bobby Portis. I just, how much trash talk is going on in these games where there's a definite language barrier? How about Austin Reeves being on this team? That's it's uh, just that's uh, crazy. But yeah, yeah. Um, Tyrese Halliburton talked about it on Paul George's podcast that this is a nice way to kind of bridge the gap because. A lot of the guys who are the Team USA, just traditional staples, are kind of aging out. Like Durant's played on a bunch of teams. Uh, Devin Booker's still young. Steph yeah. is getting I mean, older. LeBron, obviously. LeBron, yeah. So it's probably time for them to start like building some of these habits with a new team. But 
It's going to be very interesting. The roster for the first time will be constructed by new managing director Grant Hill. Steve Kerr takes over for Greg Popovich as head coach and will be assisted by Eric Spolster, Tyron Liu, and Mark Few of Gonzaga. So that'll be nice for uh, Chet to get some work with his former college coach, even if he's not coaching him directly, you know, and it's just some work in Vegas. Yeah, I would say this is a more star-studded coaching staff than mm-hmm. roster. I, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I do feel bad for Chet and J-Dub that they don't get to escape the Vegas heat. They're going right back, getting put back in the microwave. Going back to UNLV, I feel like all there's a lot that, that has happened. Um, another one of my big takeaways was I thought this was a really good sign for Chet and his health that he feels confident enough to go do this and the Thunder are allowing it. I had the same thought. Um, I had two thoughts. The first one was that, that this is a really good sign because if he was not 100%, I doubt he would. I mean, he probably would want to do it, but I doubt the Thunder would want him to do it. At the same time, like you don't want, I, I think you want him to, you know, take it easy, you know, don't, don't rush this, you know, do what you need to do to be healthy for the Thunder season. Um, but that's just like a small portion of of the worry. Uh, I think overall it's a positive sign that he's feeling good, that he could play in summer league, that he wants to play in, in this training camp uh, for Team USA and, and then still be ready to go by the time the season starts. But these guys are guys who want to play basketball, which is really cool. And Chet, you know, he mentioned the uh, innocuous quote about it's like, I wouldn't have known that my foot was injured other than the giant scar here. But would you rather him play in cross in the crossover or in team USA training? camp? I'd rather him be playing on the regulated one where it's not just like my little brother and random kids who are paid $5 cash to wipe the floor are, uh, (laughs) are doing that in a gym where it's like, yeah, our capacity is 5,000. We have 8,000 people in here and we have no AC. Yeah, I have not paid attention to the crossover this year. I think it's going on or has already started, but I think so. I've seen some I've that. seen some good runs. I was watching on TikTok a guy in a men's league and he said that Mike Muscala pulled up and is in the men's league. How about that? It's a pro am. Yeah. Is Muscala still in the Wizards roster? I think he technically is. Okay. Good old Mike Muscala just getting some work in before he has to mentor Johnny Davis and Bilal Koulibaly. Not Eugene. exactly a an ideal pickup player. No, he he feels like <laughs> he's a good pickup role player. I feel like yeah. Mike Muscala is one of the few guys who in pickup plays the exact same way probably he plays in the games. He's not getting to it. I mean, I would be floored and shocked. I'd love to see it if we saw like a Mike Muscala step back three in one yeah. of his pro-am games. But that's not what we're here, we're here to like talk about. S- setting a screen and popping out. It's popping like, What's out. What's this guy doing? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, that's what he just normally does. But there are a lot of guys <laughs> like that. JJ Reddick mentioned, he's like, yeah, my pickup package is not what I do in games. He goes, I might do some dribbling. I might do this. He goes, in a game, yeah. not happening. Like, have you seen the, the Mitchell Robinson video of him no. playing? He's doing like step back threes. He's dribbling between his legs. He's doing spin moves. He's doing like off the catch, uh, like back fades and stuff like that and people are like what is this it's like this is how good nba players are but not good enough to do it in a game yeah yeah darius basically always had uh summer videos that would kind of go semi-viral like just showing off all of these new moves and tricks and everything but it's like 
yeah, it's just you can't always do that in the NBA. My favorite offseason videos are Shays because it's just like him doing these random things where it's like, yeah, I'm um, dribbling a basketball and jumping on medicine balls. At some point, I want to ask him, it's like, where do these drills come from? Are these just ones where you're like, I think this would be cool? Like, who is this guy? How long has this been going on where somebody's been telling you, you know what you need to do is you need to be on a tightrope and juggle three basketballs? Yeah, whatever the heck it is, it's working Mm -hmm. because he's been a guy that seemingly comes back better and better after every offseason. So, yeah, maybe we're going to have to get kind of what that uh, regimen looks like. Hopefully we can get J-Dub off the weights for a little bit playing with the Olympic team. We don't want him coming back looking like the Hulk with a small head. He's going to join Team USA's weightlifting team. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. I think J-Dub is going to campaign for himself to be the guy who travels with the team just for YouTube content. Yeah. Maybe he can like double his team security. Uh, that would be fun. I, I do like that with NBA players when they have a security guard who's just like a third the size of them. I always think that's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, yeah. who who are you getting? Like, yeah, Shaq's bodyguards half his size. It's like, I mean, I get why you're here, but it's still weird. But you'd struggle to find bodyguards that are bigger than Shaq. Exactly. Um, the Thunder have had a couple players play in the Olympics on the main squad. The World Cup, I went for the rosters and there's just not super readily available other than like the last one. The Thunder didn't have one, uh, a player on that team. But most recently, it was uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook on the 2012 Olympic team coming off the NBA finals. And a lot of people credit that experience for Durant and Westbrook both taking a leap that next season. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stories like that. and um. Yeah, it has it has been a while, especially for an American Thunder player. Um, you know, we've seen Shea compete on the international stage. Then you kind of had Giddy come up, um, but but now with Chet and J Dub, kind of um, rising stars among the American ranks and these international competitions. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward to the World Cup, seeing Shea and Dort play for Canada. Um, very outside shot, of course, of of Chet or J Dub actually playing for Team USA, um, but Josh Giddy's going to be playing for Australia. I don't know what I did. We already talk about Serbia's roster. Um, um, I, kind of in passing, it sounds like Poku and Micic are kind of like in and out. Like we're not sure, or at least that's yeah, what I yeah. saw. I I don't know on either of those guys. Uh, I mean, maybe Jack White's going to be playing for Australia as well. Uh, I don't know about Usman Jang and, and France, but um, yeah, there's there's a lot of intrigue and it's just great experience for, you know, Chet and J-Dub to be, you know, exposed to some of these guys. I mean, some of them aren't that much older than they are, but 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 still, like you said, this is like the next crop of American stars is, you know, one generation ages out. Have, um, you, have you seen the Netflix doc about the Redeem team with Kobe and LeBron and those guys on Netflix? I have. And what they talked about is what you're mentioning is just like learning new work habits. Like all those guys would sleep in. And then one day they saw Kobe when they were coming to the gym for their first workout and he was on the elevator going up. And they were like, what are you doing? He goes, I just got done with my second workout. They're like, what? Like we got to change how we're doing things. And my favorite part in that doc is um, when they're talking about that. And Carmelo is like, yeah, they all started doing that. Melo's not about that. I don't get up that early. 
He goes, I just really think that if you work from five till nine, it doesn't change anything if I work from nine till noon. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of on. I'm kind of with Mello there. Team um, Mel- Carmelo oh, was one of those guys. Olympic I never Mello became a thing. I <laughs> that's what we thought. The Thunder were getting Olympic Mello for <laughs> many years, just over and over and over. But yeah, Carmelo has turned into one of my favorite Thunder players ever, just with the weird quotes. I saw something with um, Fred Katz talked about it the other day when that was funny. Yeah, you guys could be in the locker room and that Carmelo came over uh, because Fred had like a 1030 hard deadline and um, he'd be typing on top of a trash can and Melo would come over and put his shoulder on his um, he'd put his head on his shoulder and he'd go, that sent his trash and sent it to his trash. You got (laughs) to type faster than that. Just yeah. Great guy, Carmelo Anthony, but yeah, the Team USA stuff is going to be really cool. And then the last thing on that that I wanted to mention is that um, the health concerns with Chet, it's nice to see that he's doing this. And for the crowd where it's like, well, even if he's feeling confident, he shouldn't be playing in this. These guys are going to be playing basketball over the summer no matter what. They're, they're going to yeah. find pickup games no matter what. That's just what NBA players do in the offseason. And I'd rather them be structured this way than just kind of doing whatever they want with some of the best coaches in the NBA and playing against their peers and players. And with like some of the best medical and training staff as well, that's around them constantly. So that's another key here. I'm, I'm yeah. I mean, taking all that into account, it's like, yeah, you'd much rather him be in that environment than, you know, catching random pickup games or open gyms or, you know, just working out you know, randomly with a couple guys. I mean, all that stuff is fine, um, but he's going to be more closely watched with Team USA. Yeah, no, he gets to compare himself against a lot of these other players who, you know, he's going to be competing against guys like uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Walker Kessler. They don't have a ton of centers on this roster. I don't think yeah. there's going to be a Bobby Portis-Chet rivalry, maybe, but... I would assume Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to start. Who would be your but... starters on this, if you can okay, see that? Well, let, let's let's do this. Um, I would start Anthony Edwards, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brunson, um, yeah, Jaren Jackson yep. Jr. Boy. Okay, I, I might need some shooting here. So I am going, well... No, I'll go Mikel Bridges. That's who I had. I was going to either have at my starting guard, Jalen Brunson or Tyrese Halliburton, but I had the other four. Yeah, Halliburton. Maybe I maybe I should have gone Halliburton. I also thought about Cam Johnson just to get some shooting out there. Uh, if you really want to go double big, you could have like Jackson at the four and Kessler at the five, but then you have no ben- no bigs coming off the bench. But the international style is nice, uh, though, because it kind of mirrors what the Thunder are doing, where there's no traditional centers on this roster. Like all of these guys can move in space. They can shoot it enough and they all kind of like just they can bring the ball up and do different things. So uh, I think the Thunder just if you dropped just the Thunder basketball team as is, I think they do pretty well in this sort of environment, given the rules. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so as well. I'm, I'm interested to see what. Paolo does for Team USA and how much he plays just to kind of get a first glance of how much he's improved or not improved from uh, his rookie season. God save us all if Paolo has been on the same workout um, schedule as (laughs) J-Dub. 
Paolo was already big enough. I mean, both of those guys were big enough. Yeah. Paolo is like a massive, like a monster of a human being. That was the first game that I went to uh, on the beat for the Thunder Buddies stuff. And just seeing him in person, it's like, this guy's like three years younger than me. Yeah. Like, how is this possible? That's crazy. This Team USA... They've uh they've got some dogs as the uh as the kids say like um Josh Hart jo- Josh Hart like I mean Ann Edwards Bobby Portis Reeves apparently loves to talk trash um yeah Triple J I mean this uh Jalen Brunson it's gonna be it's kind of a gritty team really it hurts my soul to say this but they have three different Villanova Wildcats who beat OU in the Final Four. They do, don't they? Mm-hmm. Bridges, Brunson, Hart. Hart, yeah. How about that? Well, um, I, I thought I had a transition. I do not. But the Thunder uh, cut Rudy Gay uh, yesterday or somewhat today in the last 24 hours and signed Jack White. Do you have any uh, overarching thoughts on that? It seems like it was inevitable, but we finally got it on paper. Yeah, I knew it was coming. I, I mean, they had to... They had to open up a roster spot before they officially signed Jack White, and no one expected Rudy Gay to make this team. Um, Rudy Gay, by the way, um, <laughs> I, I have no other. I have no other comments on, on this news because it, it was already reported um, that that uh, Jack White was going to to sign with the Thunder. I'm not positive Jack White's going to make the team, however. Um, but I was looking up Rudy Gay's career numbers and he's like top 10 in the NBA and uh, among active players and like games played and, and points and stuff. So a guy that's just a tremendous staying power, I assume he's going to get picked up maybe by a veteran team where he can maybe win a ring or something like that. But the Suns who can offer him five dollars and a coupon. Hey, I'd probably I'd probably do that. I'd probably do that if I was well, let's see here. Rudy Gay in his career, according to basketball reference, as I scroll and by time, has made oh man, this is great. $171 million. You know what's interesting? He's never made the most he's ever paid in a single season was nineteen million. He's never made more than twenty million a year. Um. Yeah, always kind of seen as one of those uh good stats, but not always contributing to winning. Although I, I've always liked Rudy Gay. Feels like we have a long lineage of guys like that. It's like Rudy Gay to Jeff Green to um. Now we have the new generation of like Cam Reddish and Kevin Knox, where it's like, hey, if we get them here, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I mean. Zach Levine is like a mm-hmm. really good example. Like he's really, really good, but that's kind of, kind of what he is. Joe Johnson. I I look forward to the Thunder fans who aren't super invested in the NBA who just think of Rudy Gay from like five years ago and they're like they cut Rudy Gay. They did what? He was the eighth pick in the 2006 NBA drafts. Let's let's take a uh, let's take a look back in the old time machine. Andrea Bargnani, the number one pick that year. Bad pick, bad pick. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, really good pick, number two. Adam Morrison, number three. Tyrus Thomas, number four. Sheldon Williams, Midwest City's own, number five. Then Brandon Roy, 
Randy Foy, and Rudy Gay. Patrick O'Brien and Mohamed Sene rounding out the top 10 of a horrible draft. I'm looking at this right now. Yeah, the best pick in this draft is Kyle Lowry or Rondo. Yeah, Rondo, good value down there. That is uh, incredible. That is definitely not the 2018 Shea draft by any means. That's for sure. PJ Tucker at 35. Jordan Farmar in that in that one. Paul Millsap at 47. Got some got some very nice things. We just read it off off the phone book. I, I hope that people think that we are entertaining enough to just read off a phone book. I know some people are like that, like Charles Barkley, but we'll, hey, we're going to um, work on it. I'm always I'm always happy to look back at past drafts. But yeah, Jack White. Jack White is a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He is an Australian wing that's 25 years old who played four years at Duke and didn't do all that much, but Flashed some good things for the Nuggets last season in the G League. Played 18 games or so with Denver. And now he is with Australian pal Josh Gideon on the Thunder. Yeah, I saw them getting some work in together just in a gym recently just playing. But I think that Josh will be on the team and who knows with Jack White. But Joe, thanks so much for coming on with me. Do you have anything else to plug before we get out of here? I know you've been super busy recently. Yeah, um, this week's been you know, a lot of stuff from we talked about the Dagnalt extension and then getting this Team USA news and this arena news. So I've kind of uh, been trying to keep up with all that. Nothing. Nothing I can really share that's coming up, but heck, you know, this is usually the slow time of year, but maybe we'll have more things to talk about come Tuesday. We'll definitely figure some things out, whether it's just reading off different old drafts, the 1943 NBA draft and bunch of guys who are plumbers but do a leon poe deep dive from that 2006 draft. don't don't tempt me i saw uh daniel G- uh, booby gibson in there <laughs> texas legend played for the oh boy cavaliers in the finals but joe thanks for coming on with me thank you all for listening to the thunder buddies podcast at thunderbud pod on twitter make sure to like subscribe comment rate us five stars on apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts we'll be back again for more thunder talk on tuesday <laughs>